so. And so this is simply for sake of recording, um, but it helps us transmit better via live stream without a voice here and the sound coming through the speakers. It picks it up as double when we're streaming it. Does that make sense? Um, at least that's what they tell me. So we're going to work on that, but tonight we're just going to do it this way because you can hear okay. Amen. It's good to be together in the house of the Lord. Uh, thank you for those that are able to be here joining in prayer. Uh, those joining us together online in prayer. Amen, amen. Before we go further, I would like us to agree together in focus prayer. Um, Bishop left us a short about two-minute communication the other day talking about praying regarding the state of our nation and our world upcoming elections this is something where we our greatest I think the way he said it the best place to cast a vote is cast your vote in prayer go to a place of prayer hear from the Lord and pray for the healing of our nation the direction of the Lord for our nation amen the spirit of antichrist The spirit of Antichrist, that is that which opposes Christ, anything that is anti-Christ, opposes Christ. The spirit of Antichrist is at work in our world like it has never worked before. I believe it's because the adversary realizes his days drawing to a close. And I think the adversary recognizes it is the church's greatest hour. And there is a boldness that's coming on the people of God. There is a, a confidence and a yielding that's coming on the people of God to the Spirit of God. And I believe that there is a people of God that is beginning like never before to separate themselves wholly unto God and what He would ask of us to not be distracted by the things of the world and the cares of this life. But there's something that's drawing on us it's drawing on us, and I don't think it's unique to us. I think it's happening throughout the earth to the body of Christ. There is a drawing of the Spirit that says, I, I want to go deeper. I, I want to go deeper. I, you know, I've been busy with a lot of things and cares of the life, but I, I just want to shed as much of that as is humanly possible and just get in tune with what the Spirit of the Lord is doing and be yielded to what He's doing, available to Him. That's not something we decided in our mind. I'm telling you, that's the drawing of the Spirit of God upon you and I. And I don't want to dismiss that. I want to yield to that. I want to submit to that. I want to be given to what He... Because He's wanting to use us. And I believe the adversary recognizes that. And so the Spirit of Antichrist would rise. And the Scripture teaches us. Teaches us. You know, every nation in the world is not going to just go right along with the spirit of Antichrist. The scripture teaches us that there are nations that would oppose him. They would make war with him. That tells me that every nation in the world isn't going to just go along with Antichrist. You understand what we're battling in our nation today isn't political. Oh, I mean, they've made it political, but it's spiritual. And there is a 
this idea. I heard Brother Johnstone whisper it. Well, he didn't really whisper it. I heard him say it over here. This is a, you can be seated for a minute. I'm going to turn it to Brother Johnstone in a second, but here we are. We need to understand where we are. And hear me tonight. We're going to pray about this, but I think we need a little understanding here. There is a spirit in our world that is trying to take us to what the Scripture tells us is coming. That's Antichrist. And it is a spirit of, we know this idea of one world government that the Bible talks about. Of one world, you can read it in the Scripture, of one world currency, of one world system. And the idea is that there would be this, uh, this, um, whole movement of everybody to just join in with where the whole world is going. And if to not do so is to oppose the direction of the world. Well, that's not the case. That's not the case at all. And so everyone's not wanting to go that way. But that's the spirit of the air. The term that we use today is globalization globalization the idea that if we can get rid of any lines of separation between nations in terms of trade and money and all of those things that we can just have this one big huge global happy family i'm being a little bit facetious but that's the but that's what's being portrayed right what do you think's happening when you hear all of a sudden the two largest economies in the world are, are now sort of coming at odds. What do you think that is with China and the United States that's going like this all of a sudden in this strain in this pool? Do you think it doesn't disrupt the plan of Antichrist if the two largest economies in the world aren't just going along lockstep with the idea of globalization and one world currency and one world government? Throws a wrench in things, wouldn't you think? See, we need to see these things for what they are. And so, I believe we as a nation are at a place of tipping. Where we can just continue on and say, you know what? We'll just join in the globalist movement. Or the Lord would say, I can raise up a people that will begin to pray. And call on my name. And I can raise up a people. And there would be a nation that would stand against Antichrist. So we need to understand what's going on in our world today. It is a spirit of globalization. Versus those that would stand against the status quo. And the problem is in our world today. Most often. The voices of globalization. The scripture talks about the Antichrist. How he would speak. His words would be. Just so smooth. His words would just be so. I mean they would just. His way with people would just be. Do you think for a moment. The Antichrist is going to come with horns on his head. And you would go. Oh that spirit just is very evident. No no he's subtle. He's subtle. The adversary is subtle. 
So we need to understand what's at work in our world today. And we need God to grant us wisdom. We need God to grant us wisdom. Amen? So I want us to pray together tonight. We are the church. We're not a political movement. I'm not interested in becoming a political movement. I'm interested in the kingdom of God being made manifest in the earth. So that those in our world that do not yet know him would come to know him. Why is this so important now? More than it's ever been. Here's why. Because we are the church. We know from scripture that as long as the church is in the earth, it restrains the spirit of antichrist. This is scripture. We have scripture for this. As long as we are in the earth, the church, the body of the Lord Jesus Christ, as long as the body of the Lord Jesus Christ is in the earth, it opposes the spirit of antichrist. The body of Christ, the church, opposes antichrist. It makes perfect sense, right? And so as long as we're in the earth, the Antichrist cannot step onto the scene and walk in the full authority and purpose and plan that we read about in Scripture. Because the body of Christ is greater than he that is in the world. Greater is he that is in you, 1 John 4, 4, than he that is in the world. And so as long as you and I are here, the adversary is restrained. So we have work to do. We need to know our place. We need to preach the gospel. We need to share the kingdom of God in the earth. Why? Because as we gather people by the leading of the Spirit of God and people are birthed into the body of Christ, there's going to come a day where the Lord says, it's time. And the trumpet will sound. And they which are dead in Christ will rise first. And then we which are alive and remain, we shall be caught up together with them to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. What a glorious day that's going to be. I'm living for that day. I'm not living for today. I'm not living for a 401k. I'm living for that day. I rhyme and I didn't even mean to. I'm, I'm living for that day. That's, that's real life. That's what I'm living for. we got to make sure we understand what we're living for. But we must understand when that happens, it's going to be a joyous day for us. But when the body's taken out of the earth, when the body of Jesus Christ is taken out of the earth, there is no longer a restraining of the Antichrist. Now, we're not going to grieve over that when we're gone. Because we're going to be, but we have work to do while we're here because we understand that. The church doesn't have the mentality, well, let them, whatever, just as long as I get out of here. That's not the Spirit of Christ. The Spirit of Christ says, I got to do all I can so that as many as I can, I can get in the body with me. And when that trumpet sounds, we're lifted out of here. Amen? We need to understand what we're dealing with spiritually. We need to see further.
eyes to see the kingdom. Let's pray together right now. Could we do that? Let's stand one more time. And let's pray together. Those of you joining us online there at home, let's pray together right now. Jesus, we stand not in political system, but in the power of your word, in the power of your spirit. We stand and hope not in the wisdom of men, but in the wisdom of God. And we pray tonight the quickening of the spirit in the body of Christ. I pray a unity of the spirit in the body of Christ, that there be no schism in the body, that we function the way you intend and the way you design in this hour, that the church would be the church according to your design, that there be a rescuing of the lost, a reaching and pulling out, saving some by fear from the fire. In the name of Jesus, I pray. In this hour, give us wisdom and understanding that flows from the throne of God. I pray direct us in this time and in this season. I pray the will and the work and the spirit of God in these elections that lie ahead. Let us as the people of God not get caught up in the battles and war of words of men, but let us be in tune with the spirit of God and the work of the kingdom in this hour. Let us understand this space of grace that has been given us and let us do the work that you've called us to do. In the name of Jesus, I pray stretch forth your hand to heal, to deliver, to rescue, to save. Operate through your body according to your will. Let us be ever aware on a daily basis and let us walk in the power and the calling. In Jesus' name I pray. In Jesus' name I pray. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Awake us from a slumber. Let us not sleep in this hour, but let us work while it's day. Jesus in your name. Jesus in your name. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I pray let the powers of this world that would oppose your will be bound. Let the will of God be wrought. We pray the will of God in the earth as it already is in heaven. We pray the will of God in our nation as it already is in heaven. We pray the will of God in Washington State as it already is in heaven. We pray the will of God in this county as it already is in heaven. In the name of Jesus, we pray the will of God into the earth as it already is in heaven. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. For the glory of God alone. For the glory of God alone. For your glory alone, Jesus. That you would be exalted and that men would be drawn to you. That you would be lifted up. 
and that men would be drawn to you, to you alone, Father. Give us an awareness of our calling. Give us awareness of our purpose. Let every child of God walk in it. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name I pray. Let us be conduits in this hour. Let your love flow through the body. Let your mercy reach through the body. Let your grace minister through the body. Let your compassion flow through the body. Let healing flow through the body. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus we pray. The name above every name. The all-powerful, everlasting name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, this is bearing witness with your spirit and mine. This is bearing witness with your spirit and mine. The Lord is involving us. The Lord is involving us tonight in His kingdom and in His purpose. Come on, when you pray in the Spirit, the Lord is involving you. This is why we can't get caught in religious tradition and just going through the motions. There's work to be done. There's things to be accomplished. And when we pray, it begins to happen. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Ira la mandele ki arabashelo torre itaya. Hineli ki arabandele ki elondore arabandele ki eyo. Not my will, Father, but your will be done. Let us lose our lives for your sake.
Jesus' name I pray. Andelekia rabayetilie sori alamaki ororoboshete yarabakaha. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. In Jesus' name, mark this in your spirit. Mark this in your spirit. This is important. We could stay right here for several hours. We really could. Some. We need to learn. We've said this before, but I want us to hear. We're not. We cannot return to church as normal. What that used to be, whatever that was. The Lord shut down the globe. For months. I believe the Lord did this. I believe the Lord did this. And there's some. That would just say man I just want to go back to church. And I, I think their desire is true. But we need to be careful. We need to. We need to before God check our spirit. And our motive. I don't want to just go back to church. You understand what I'm saying? I'm not interested in just going, okay, well, let's sing a song. Let's take an offering. Let's deliver a message. Let's go home. Let's come on Thursday night. Let's pray 15 minutes. Let's hear a Bible study. Let's go home. We may do that at times. You understand? We need to realize when we come together, it's to avail ourselves to him and whatever he wants to do. And if that means we come together and he takes us somewhere in prayer and his plan is that we're just going to begin to pray for the next hour and a half dealing with an area, something he's leading us in, then we're just going to yield to the spirit of God and do that. We have to be willing to do this. And I'm saying this publicly because I want to be publicly accountable to God and to you. We can't just go back to going through the motions. I didn't live through the last six months to just return to going through the motions, Brother Johnston. There's something in my spirit that's rising up, that's never risen up before. And it's the drawing of the Spirit of God like I've never experienced in my 50 years of life. And by His grace, I am committed to responding fully to it. And by His grace, I'm committed to leading you as God would in, allow me and you would allow me to do so. And together us going there. Our schedules are going to take back seat. You can be seated one more time.
I remember as a child and even as a young man, I remember, and I still hear these stories, my kids and my wife can attest, when we go home and we sit around the table with my aunts and uncles, inevitably they get talking about those days. And they talk about a family of seven, and they would be in revival. And the revival preacher would stay at their house, and they would have church every night. They would come home from work, come home from school, do their homework, eat dinner, and go to church. And then they would be at church, and the evangelist, whatever, would preach. The power of God would move, and they would stay there till midnight. They'd go home, go to bed, get up, go to school, go to work, come home, do homework, eat dinner, go back to church and do it all over again. they do this for weeks straight. You go, oh no, what are you telling us we're getting ready to do? I just recognized they didn't care about their schedule. They understood as long as we're where God wants us to be, time doesn't matter. Lord, help us. Like you, you know, the Lord used Bishop to speak to us on Sunday about denying ourselves. One of the biggest ways we can deny ourselves is our schedule. That's hard to do, he talked about that. I'm talking to people that I know are on this journey with me. Let's go where God leads us, amen? Let's go where he leads us. We're not out in left field. We got accountability among ourselves. We have, I have an elder here that helps keep me accountable. Bishop helps keep me accountable. We have other, we keep each other accountable. So nobody's just going to head off into left field unchecked. But let's go, amen? And I know you're with us. Praise God. Brother Johnstone, come. You sort of got to stay still if you want these people to hear and see you. Love you, appreciate it. Amen. So good to be with Life Church tonight. Um, I'd just like to say a tremendous thank you to all of you for uh, accepting us and receiving us as we had resigned the church in Union Gap, and we're new to all of you, and you're new to me. But uh, just just want to say thank you for welcoming us in, and uh, I, I count it a tremendous privilege to be here with your elder and his family and the ministry that is here um, I don't take lightly I, it's tremendous you are so blessed you you really are and uh, I hope we recognize that I want to turn to the book of Ecclesiastics chapter number one if I could and uh, it, it's a little interesting tonight because I'm really just going to continue to echo what elder has said uh i don't question the lord i i know that he's given me some things and i also know you've heard some of this before but somebody evidently is struggling with some things here and the lord loves you you're important to god you count 
And the Lord doesn't want you deceived. He doesn't want you caught up in the things of this world. And, and, and I don't mean sin as much as I mean activities and events and all, all that can kind of take place that, that if I'm not careful, it will grab my attention. And you talk about a waste of time. Uh, I can give hours to the media uh, of all these current events and all these things that are taking place if I'm not careful. And what happens is, as you've heard before, now I'm not as spending as much time in prayer. I'm not as uh, waiting on the Lord. I'm, I'm more, well, I, I can guarantee you something. You're not going to be happy no matter who gets elected. If you think this election is going to help you or change your circumstances, I, I don't think so. Our faith is in the Lord Jesus Christ. That, that's whom we serve. He's our provider. He's the way maker. He's our healer. He's our deliverer. The, the pol political world is not going to fix any of that for us. And, and we all have that right to vote and praise God. But, but again, my confidence is not in any system this world is trying to offer you or I. And so let's begin reading verse 9 and 10. The thing that hath been, it is that which shall be. And that which is done is that which shall be done. And there is no new thing under the sun. I want to deal with that tonight. There is nothing new under the sun. It's only new to you and I. And as old as I am, some of it isn't new. Some of it I've experienced in my younger years. You know what I'm saying? And what I want you to see, uh, the writer of Ecclesiastic here, Solomon, he said, I just want you to understand that there's nothing new under the sun. It may be new to you. It may have caught your attention, but it's happened in history before, and we've got to begin to realize God uses events to get people's attention. And, boy, is he using a lot of them today. I mean, there's, it isn't just COVID, and, and it's not just the, the riots in the city, and we got fire going crazy, cities burning up completely. I mean, there, there is so much going on, but, but I wonder if it's because God is saying, the answer's in me. If you'll turn to me, if you allow me to work in your life, I'm going to take you through this trying time, this, this crazy time that is here. I, I am here to tell you in some of the people that I have been ministering to uh, and witnessing to in the denominal world, uh, I begin to share with them because some of them are in my age bracket and, and they didn't come in under what you and I have come in under, but they, they come back in a day when, when there was still some conviction, you know what I'm saying? And, and sin was still sin and, and it hadn't turned all the corners. And, and, and I'm sharing with them that, and, and they're saying, I'm just worried about the church. And I said, I'm not worried at all. I said, man, we're having church. I said, but, but we're keeping the fundamental basics. We're praying. We're fasting. I was sharing with them. We're on a three-day fast, uh, waiting on God, waiting on the move of God, and God to give direction. And, I, and, and this gentleman looks at me, and he said, I want to come visit. I said, I'd love for you to come visit. See, because he was around that years ago, and, and, and everything. Uh, it was interesting. I was talking with him today, and he was talking about just one thing that you wouldn't enter into the kingdom of God. And he was sharing some things with me, and I said, well, could I take you to John chapter 3? 
Except a man be born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. And he said, people don't preach that no more. I said, we still do. <laughs> you, have, you must. He didn't say, if you got around to it, it'd be, I'd really like to get, you'd see you get baptized. You know, if you had time to wait on God, I'd love to see you get the Holy Ghost. That's not what he said. He said, you must be. It's not optional. And so he, he tells me what I need to do. Let's read verse 10. Is there anything wherefore it may be said, see, this is new. It hath been already of old time, which was before us. So it is not new to God. It is simply new to us. I'm going to read a couple things I wrote down here just in current events because what I want you to realize, it is new to us. Uh, COVID-19 is new to many of us. We've never seen a pandemic before. We've never been around anything like it. Uh, we've not seen the movement of Black Lives Matter, uh, not in the sense of where we're burning cities and we're destroying businesses and, and killing people we we our generation hasn't really seen it in in the level and if you notice it is not going away not anytime soon but it's events that are here how, how about the fires that are that are burning out of control isn't it amazing when you when you hear the news and they say it'll it'll probably burn out about november and i'm going really we can't fight it. We don't have enough manpower and helicopters and all of that. So we're just going to try to contain it till the rains can get here and the snow can get here and help us put these out. We got a little bit of a jolt a few weeks ago, a week and a half ago. My son, Nick, who Elder Johnson, who pastors in Puyallup there, he he text us and said pray he said we just hit a level three evacuation and we've got to be out and he showed us video standing in his front yard of the fire coming at them you could see the flames and everything he just got moved in his new home <laughs> just did all that work but but in a few minutes that could be ashes we begin to pray it comes close to home sometimes. But, but these are the things that happen. Businesses are, are being ravished and all these things happen. Uh, I'm going to give you a little history, if you would, for a moment. When he said there was nothing new under the sun, we're going somewhere with this. But in 1918, one-third of the world, or 500 million people with H1N1, influenza, there was 50 million deaths. See, COVID's not new. I want you to understand things have, these things have happened before. But the, the trouble is this. If I focus on COVID-19, if I focus on Black Lives Matter, if I focus on the fire, I've lost my focus of why I'm here. I've lost my focus of my calling. I've lost my focus of my ministry because now I'm caught up in current events and, and things that really won't change my life really one way or the other where I'm for or against. So what I got to realize, Jesus, what do you want out of my life? Uh, what direction do you want me to go? Uh, Lord, uh, would you open a Bible study? Would you help me in the end time harvest. Lord, help me put my hand to the plow and not look back. So even though all of these things are happening, there's nothing new with this. Folks, let's go back to Calvary. And prior to Calvary, a couple of days, Jesus is on trial and, and he's before Pilate. And what are the Jews screaming? Crucify him. But he hasn't done anything wrong. 
Mobs have always been around. Crowds have always been around. Riots have always been around. It is nothing new. But I want you to understand something. Jesus did not lose focus of his mission and his ministry. I know where I'm not listening to all the noise around me, but my father, he's got a plan for my life. And what I'm going to do is fulfill that. And I'm going to Calvary. You realize the scripture said he could have called 10,000 angels, legions of angels, and stopped it. Why didn't he? I'm not caught up in the crowd. There's a purpose why I'm here. And I'm the one that my blood would be shed, Jesus. And it would take away the sins of the world. He stayed on track. And that's what I want to just encourage somebody tonight. You've got to stay on track. The most fatal pandemic we've ever seen was called Black Death. And it killed an estimated 75 to 200 million people. Nothing new under the sun. The rioting, the, the, the disease coming through, and there was yellow fever, and, and there was scarlet fever, and there's been a number of things throughout history that has brought us into these places. So there's nothing new under the sun. Turn with me to the book of Acts. Uh, uh, thank God it is the birth of the church, but it, it's a little bit like today. In fact, it's really quite a bit like today. Uh, and, and we're going to deal with the Apostle Paul here for a while. Uh, Acts 19, starting verse 29, uh, as we begin to read, what we're going to pick up is, is uh, the condition of everything around the Apostle Paul and what was going on. He's at emphasis, but he's in the middle of a riot. I read through the book of Acts, and then I went through and I'm going through it again and again. I, I want to pick up. This is the pattern. This is what we're supposed to be doing. If we're, if we're going to be the book of Acts church, the end time revival, we're going to deal with a lot of noise and a lot of chatter that's trying to draw my attention. We're going to deal with a lot of events that are going to say, hey, come over here, get involved in this, be a part of this, do this, do that. But I got to come back to the home base and say, Father, what do you want me to do? What do you want me involved in? Would you rather have me teaching a home Bible study and ministering to a family that's lost and bringing them? to you or do you want me marching so we, we we have to stay focused so notice here in verse 29 and the whole city was filled with confusion the whole city go to verse 32 i love it therefore they cried one thing uh Therefore, cried one thing and some another and the assembly was confused does that sound like today you got one on, some on this side of the street, and they're screaming this. And you got these on the other side of the streets, and they're screaming this. And you know what it all is? Just simply confusion. What's being accomplished? What's being done because of it? Not a thing. Confusion to me, I, I, I got some words I looked up, because uh, I want us to understand this, this confusion. A state of being bewildered. I'm bewildered, oh, don't raise your hands, but if you ever ask yourself, who in the world can you believe? Who's telling the truth? We're bewildered if we let confusion come in, okay? It also uh, deals with a state of bewilderment, unclear in one's mind. 
unclear. See, that's where the devil's trying to get me. He's trying to get me unclear. I, I, I have a clear vision of, of, uh, uh, that, I, that God has casted in, in my life for Bible study and ministry and what he's called me to do. See, I got to stay clear with that. I, I can't let clouds come in. I can't let voices come in. I can't let things that really won't change anything for the gospel's sake to come in. In my mind, and I think scripture will back this up, only what is done for God is going to count in eternity. Really? I'm thankful for doctors. They, they have come a long, long ways, but what, we don't need them in eternity. <laughs> We're going to be made every whole. See what I'm saying? So in all these great things that are accomplished, okay, that's good. I appreciate that. I'm glad. But really when the dust settles on the day of judgment and I'm standing before the Lord Jesus Christ, it's going to be, what have you done for me? Did you teach that Bible study? That man I put in your path, did you witness to him? The questions are going to come. What, what did I do? Am I grass or hay or stubble? What, and it's good. What, he's good. I got some questions I got to answer. I want to be able to say I was about my father's business. Father, you put this man. Uh, we, we started out with Brother Renee, just simply teaching Brother Renee Bible study. And now we're up to seven in our home. Stay focused. God will send him. Stay focused. God's going to open the door. Yeah. Notice this. We're, we're in the city of, of, of emphasis, and, and crazy things are happening. And, and, and the, you know, so much of what we're dealing with today is financial-based. See, this is all dealing with the, the, the goddess Diana, and these guys that make all their money making jewelry are about to go bankrupt. So all the war and the, and the rioting is starting over, whoa, if you listen to the Apostle Paul, I'm going bankrupt. And this is how we make our money. So they started a riot in that city. You know what I find so interesting? Paul never got caught up in their rioting. He stayed focused of why he was there. And then when opportunity was given to preach or teach or minister, he took it. Not letting the current event and all that was going on around him cause him to deviate from what God called him to do. A lot of voices out there. A lot of, lot of things that are taking place out there. 1 Corinthians 14, God is not the author of confusion. If I got confusion going on, I need to find an altar somewhere and say, okay, God, clear my head out. Clear my head out because confusion's unclear, but I want a clear sound. I want to hear that clear voice of God. And, Lord, if I got caught up in things that, that I shouldn't have got caught up in. Now, this is just me personally. I'm not preaching for or against, okay? But, but when I came here, I used to listen before I came here to, to uh, a lot of sports on the radio. But when I came here, I just felt that I was going to have to commit myself more to God than I'd ever done before to see a church raised up. So I committed to where I'm just going to listen to Christian music. I'm going to devote my time. I want everything flowing through my mind and into my spirit to be lifting up. Because, see, 
if sports is so important, I could ask you who won the Super Bowl in 1963. Can anybody answer that for me? See, we, it comes and goes. There's, there's, there's nothing. Am I making any sense? See what I'm saying? We put so much time and energy into something that in a couple years we can't even remember. We, so, so all the hours I put into that, where was my return? Or what was my return? Am I closer to God than I was before? Have I won more souls because of that? Has doors of ministry opened up because of that? Or was that strictly just self-gratification? Am I doing okay tonight? Nobody's going to throw stuff or do. <laughs> I'm just trying to be open and honest in the fact that the devil is, will throw these things at us to get my attention. It, it's not that I'm trying to be rebellious. It's not that I'm wanting to be a bad individual. It's just it's so slow and so gradual. It just starts out a little bit and it grows and grows. Before I retired, we'd have staff meetings go over things we're going to be doing and they'd want to talk football no because because his elder taught a few weeks ago y'all got opinions but none of them really mean (laughs) anything and you think i want you fighting and bickering before we go try to have church you think i want disunity (laughs) When we're going to go out and pray for a move of God, we were down here in prayer meetings last night so we can come and bicker at church today. Gentlemen, it was in my church in Oregon. You you just got to get focused. And and we do some things that aren't too smart. Uh, The young man, he wasn't young. He he was in his 50s in my church at the time. Uh, Him and his dad, did not get along and separated. His dad was a Democrat, and he was a Republican. So for years, they had no interaction Till he woke up one day and he said, what in the world am I doing? See, the enemy will use these crazy things. See what I'm talking about? Well, I... Well, I don't care which side of the fence you're on, but if you let that cause you to, to, to not fellowship with your family anymore, hey, you should be a light. If you think you got the right answer, you ought to be the light. You, you ought to be the salt to the earth. Come on, you ought to be lifting him up. But, but not letting these things bring division into our home to where we no longer have fellowship with our family. Don't you think the enemy is behind that? <clears throat> So it's learning that, that he, he, the devil doesn't care how he would destroy people. And there's no love lost between you and him. All he cares is you miss out with God. And so we have to come to that realization. That, that's why, again, it's so important to check our spirit. In James chapter 3 and verse 16, it said, I'll catch this. For where envy and strife is, there is confusion and evil work we got to have a 
clear. And elder, every time he preaches, it's clear. He's giving us guidance. He's giving us direction. He's, there's times he's sending out a warning and say, be careful. You could get caught up in this. Be careful. This could take you away from where God's trying to lead you to. So thank God there is that clear sound. But notice where these things are taking place, evil's going to come out of it somewhere. Not wholesomeness, not righteousness, not godliness is going to come out of it. No, no, no. Evil somewhere is going to come out of this. So I got to realize, Lord, I don't want to get caught up in that. I don't want that to be a part of my life. You'll say, well, you don't even enjoy life. Yes, I do, but I don't need those things to enjoy life. If those things are bringing me happiness, I'd have to question my prayer life. I'd have to question my relationship with God. See what I'm saying? And, and, and I believe in having fun. I, I believe in, in all that. Last night when we were eating dinner for my Bible study, I, I have a lot of jokes or gags and stuff. But I, I used the mustard bottle last night with a yellow string in it. <laughs> I, I asked Renee if he wanted some, some mustard on his nachos. He said, well, I've never had mustard on He thought I was serious. <laughs> mustard on my, well, here, have some. And that little string comes out, you know. I believe in fun, don't, but, but I want to be careful that something doesn't take a ton of my time away where I'm not really focused on, God, what do you have for my life? So we look at that, and, and, and there is more and more that we, we, we can see here that, that just brings this about. But, but what I want to do is, and we have more that we could, the book of Acts is full of, of controversy and, and confusion concerning Paul especially. He said, you know, I've had about a belly full of these Jews. <laughs> they've stoned me. They've thrown me out of cities. You know, they, they, they've just been crazy. So I'm going to the Gentiles. And he went, unfortunately, it wasn't always a lot better there. But, but Paul Always stayed focused. Always. He knew what God had called him to do. He knew what God's plan was for his life. So I, I think it becomes important if we will look at some things here. And the whole thing tonight, stay focused. In Hebrews chapter 12 in verse number 2, looking unto Jesus Christ, the author and the finisher of my head. That word looking there means to seek. I need to be seeking him, not just gazing, you know, yeah, looks good to me. No, no, that's not what he's talking about. He's talking about you're going to have to seek him. I, I want to know him. I want to know more about him. And, and so when I'm looking to him, I'm seeking what's your will, what's your plan, and, and am I on the right track, God? Is this what you're asking of me? Because I'm seeking him. I, I want answers. I want direction. I, I want guidance. And, and Lord, is this how you want this to go? So we begin to realize God is trying to help us. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 4. And I want to read verse 23 there. There are so many scriptures that help us with what we're talking about tonight. See, because there's nothing new under the sun. Again, it may be new to me, but not, not to God, not to those that are, are around us. Okay, I want to start in verse 23. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Put away from thee a forward mouth and perverse lips put far from thee. Let thine eyes look right on. 
He's going to help me because there's going to be some things to the left of me and there's going to be some things to the right of me. But no matter which way, left or right, I, I, I don't, don't turn there. Don't, don't look on that. Don't get engaged in that. That's going to take you away from me. That's why Solomon, I mean, who better could write this? <laughs> he got taken away. He let women come into his life to the place he, he, he's losing track of God and the things of God. I mean, anytime you got a thousand wives, really? <laughs> How could you even remember all their names? Oh, you're my wife. What's your name? I mean, <laughs> that's a lot of names, folks. But see, somewhere he got distracted. And he goes on to say, look right on, let thine eyelids look straight before thee. Ponder the path of thy feet, let all thy ways be established. Turn not to the right hand, nor to the left hand. Remove thy foot from evil. He said, be careful, there's a lot of distractions. Do you realize that distractions can be something very small? Could you imagine going to church and on the way to church, you and your wife get in an argument? It's a distraction. The enemy's trying to bring a distraction that you won't be able to listen to the service. How in the world could she say that? What was she thinking? And then she's on the other side. That idiot. I mean, what, what's he, don't he know what's. I know it doesn't affect anybody here tonight, but all those that didn't come tonight. So again, it's understanding the distraction, how the enemy will, again, try to get me to lose focus, even coming to the house of God, even being in a service. If he could get me to, to, to look to the left or to the right, then what I'm doing is I'm not focused on him. I'm not seeking him. I'm not in pursuit of his will tonight for my life in the direction that I want. I struggle sometimes when... You know, people said, I just can't find the direction. I tell you, God wants to give you direction so much. He, he wants you to know his will and his plan and, and the direction for your life and, and your ministry for your life. Uh, some of our brand new ones in Bible study, I got them praying about ministry. Have God speak to you. What's your gifting? What's your calling? What's your ministry? Is it helps? Is it notes? Is it, you know what I'm saying? I want you to get connected to him so that he can talk to you about what your ministry is and getting you involved in that ministry. See, if we come in and sit for two, three years on a pew, and we say, but, you know, I just don't have any direction. I have no ministry. That's because somewhere I wasn't praying about it. That's because somewhere I wasn't asking him, you saved me, Father, to serve. So where should I be serving? What areas should I be serving in? See what I'm saying? And, 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 and helps is, is major, especially for new ones because, you know, they're not where they, you know, they're, they're growing in this thing, but they're not where they can preach or do anything like that. But they can definitely get involved in helps. Definitely get involved in a place where, hey, I can get involved. I can connect. I can cook a dinner. I can write a note. I can go see somebody. See what I'm saying? And, again, it's getting connected. So we move forward, and we begin to realize that God is trying to do something great in our lives. But we got to stay focused. we got to stay focused. A lot of current events. I have a lot more scripture I could share with you tonight. 
but I think you get the picture of what I'm saying tonight. I'm not going to look to the, your left, my right. Because the enemy's trying to get my attention. He'll try to get you to be upset with a brother or sister in the Lord. So I never look to that side. Because they're sitting over there. See, it's the enemy. You got to recognize it. The enemy's going to try to bring division. He's going to try to separate, divide, and conquer. See, we can't allow those things to come in. We've got to realize, devil, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus, and you need to go back to hell. That's my brother. That's my sister. I'm going to take a scripture out of context, and you correct me, Elder. In Matthew 16, Jesus shares with Peter. He said, uh, upon his confession, he said, and I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail. Everybody say, my church. When you invite somebody to church, how do, you, how do you address that? I'd love for you to come to my church. But I don't want to bring them into strife and division. <laughs> Not at my church. See, I, I feel I'm a part of the body of Christ. You're a part of the body of Christ. This is, the, the church doesn't belong to us, but we relate it in the way of, I want to invite you to my church. I'd love for you to come visit our church and, and be in service with us. Would you come? But notice what we're saying is, I want you to come and be a part of my church, where the Spirit of God moves, where, where people receive the Holy Ghost. People are being baptized in Jesus' name. I want you to come to my church where people are being delivered. The drug addict can come in, and God will take it away. The urge craving is out. He's the deliverer. And if you have a need, if you'll come, we're going to pray God would move in the realm of the supernatural and bless your life. Because <clears throat> at my church... The, the supernatural isn't something that happens every once in a while. It's every service that we walk into. God's working. God's moving. Because in my church, man, I love it. I love what God's doing. I love my brothers and sisters in the Lord. And I love my elder as he leads us and guides us in praying and fasting and keeps us where we're crucifying this flesh. And it's allowing the spirit of God to do more than he's ever done before in our lives. So, again, at my church. I wonder what your church looks like to you. My church. My church. When we invite people to my church, do you want them focused on Black Lives Matter, COVID-19, the fires? Or do you want to bring them in to where they're in the presence of God? Some that have been visiting here the last several weeks shared with me uh, how much they enjoyed it. My church. <laughs> That's why I want you to come to my church because you're going to feel him. And he's going to work in your life. And it's going to be real. It's going to change your life for the rest of your life. Will you stand with me tonight? <clears throat> Could we just take a moment and pray? What I want to pray for first is I want to stay focused. 
there's a lot of stuff going on, and, and I don't downplay any of that. I, I'm not trying to say that it that it doesn't count. I mean, if you got burned out of your home, my wife was nine years old when uh, their house burnt when she was gone. So when they came home, all they had was a clothes on their back. It's devastating. It, it's tragedy, and we pray for those people. Okay, but I, I don't want so focused on that that I lost focus of Him. I don't want so caught up in that that now I'm becoming carnal and I'm becoming angry or I'm, uh, I'm not behaving like I should because I'm caught up in a spirit that's not his spirit. See what I'm talking about? I think all lives matter. All lives matter. Everybody's important, no matter what your nationality, background, whatever. One blood, one nation. We're all important to God. Not just one group. And, and, and so I, I'm not going to get caught up in that. I'm not going to go down that road because God is working in our lives, growing the church, watching the church grow. Uh, I, I just want to say a tremendous thank you to especially the young people that are teaching Bible studies and reaching out. It is so awesome. I, I think the church is in good hands if the Lord tarried a while. Amen. It, it's not going to crash and burn. Amen. But because young people have learned how to pray, get a hold of God, and love God, and, and, and staying in the Word, not in opinions and, and, and changing things. That, that's what's wrong with the church today in general in the church world. It, it, we, we don't, you know, they don't preach against anything. There is, nothing is sin anymore. Everything's grace, mercy, love. Nobody, yeah, I, I find it interesting when they say, well, nobody even names sin anymore. Really? <laughs> Come to church with me. We'll name it so you understand it. That it is sin. It is wrong. Conviction causes change in my life. And when I can hear the man of God preaching that that sin will send me to hell, that gives me a choice of repentance or continuing in it. But God's going to bring conviction in my life, and God wants change. You know how many, in this generation, I've worked with a lot of people who think living together is just fine because their mom and dad lived together and were never married. And they look at me and say, you got to be kidding. I said, I'm serious. <laughs> you two need to get married because the Bible teaches this, very strongly teaches this. So, I, I, you know, again, what you grew up in is, is what you grew up in. But coming to God is about change, folks. If you're going to stay who you are, this ain't going to work. And change isn't just, okay, I'll change this one thing. No, no, you're going to be changing the rest of your life into his image and into his likeness. It, 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 thank God he doesn't say, okay, you've got to have all this done in a week. No, he said, I'm going to give you the rest of your life, and you're going to be working on these things. It, you know what takes the stress out of your life is when you understand he's still working on me. But it's not demanding things overnight. He's working on me. He knows where I need to be, and he's drawing me to that place. And when I can understand that, then there's no stress about, well, you know, I'm not good enough. I'm not holy enough. No. Are you doing what he's asking you to do? That's really the question. Are you letting him lead you into these areas of your life that he's cleaning up? When I came to God, I remember walking outside one day. I think I'd only been serving the Lord a year or two. I walked outside my house, and I said, you know, God, I think I got it. I've arrived. He said, well, let's work on your temper, your lack of patience. And he goes down this long list. Okay, okay, okay. 
I see I got a long ways to go. But we're still getting there. I'm still working on all these things. Let's pray. Father, we come to you tonight. We're so thankful tonight for the word of God. Thank you for the illustrations tonight, God, of the chaos, the confusion, the rioting, the, the sickness, the disease. Lord, as Solomon said, there's nothing new under the sun, Lord God. And we pray tonight that, God, I believe you have shaken this world, that, Lord, people would realize their need of you. I pray tonight that, God, that we would stay focused as the children of God, that, Lord, who are you putting in my path? Who do you want me to teach a Bible study to, God? What ministry do I need to get engaged in, Lord God, uh, to be a part of this end time harvest, Lord God? I'm asking you to help us tonight, God. Uh, lead us tonight, Father. Guide us tonight, Father, in the name of Jesus as only you can, God. I'm believing for great things, Lord God. Uh, the best is yet to come, God. This is the greatest day, the greatest hour for the church, Lord God. Hungry hearts are everywhere, Lord God. Uh, souls are crying out, Lord God. And help us, Lord, to be there for them, Lord God. And, and give them the hope of the reason that lies within us, oh God. I believe in you, Lord God. Uh, move into work tonight, God. Uh, I pray tonight, Lord, if I have got distracted. Uh, I pray tonight, Father, if I've, if I've lost my way, Lord God, and uh, getting caught up in things that, uh, that uh, are not what you're wanting me to get caught up in, Lord, I pray I repent tonight, God. Uh, I ask for your forgiveness tonight, Lord God. Uh, I'm asking you, Lord God, help me get refocused, God. Uh, let me look to you. Let me seek you tonight, God, for your will, God. Let me be renewed in the spirit of my mind tonight, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, uh, that, oh, Lord, I want to please you. Lord, I want to walk with you, that, Lord God, uh, you would say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into thy rest. Lord, we want to enter into that place, Lord. So we pray tonight, God, help us. Help us, Lord. There's so much going on around us, but Lord, let us look unto you, the author and the finisher of our faith tonight. Lord, you've showed us where to look, Lord. You've showed us what we need to do. I pray for your help to get it done, Lord God. I pray for your strength to overcome tonight in the name of Jesus. Help us tonight, God. Even those watching tonight that may be struggling with some of these things, Lord God, help us turn everything over to you, Lord God. Let us turn everything over to you, Lord, that your will be done. Your will be done tonight. In that wonderful name of Jesus, we pray. Elder Hart, do you want to come? Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Thank you for being here tonight in the house of the Lord. I, I, I leave this with you in these last two minutes here. I appreciate these things Brother John Stone shared with us regarding nothing new under the sun. And I'm, I'm marked by seasons. I, I like history, so I'll go back and I'll read history. Um, I'm not, I'm not the smartest guy by far, but I do know how to read. That helps me a little bit to know stuff. Shortly after, uh, Pentecost, several years later, 
there was a, a plague that came in the Roman Empire. Um, I probably don't even know how to say it, but I think it was called the Antonine or Antonine Plague that took place. Um, this was, I don't even know the time frame, 150 to 250 A.D., somewhere in there probably. I know that's a 100-year span. but uh, And... Uh, this plague was so dramatic in Rome. Keep in mind, the Roman Empire was the, the economic hub in the world at the time. And this plague became so great that they couldn't keep up with burying the people. They just started laying them in the streets in Rome. And those that were elite, those that had affluence, uh, they started moving out of Rome. Even some of the, the priests and the religious leaders that had means, they started moving out of Rome, getting away from this plague. And they would, there were people just in the streets of Rome. You can go read about this and study this. And uh, what's interesting is they would take people that would have this plague and they didn't have any hope for them, and they would just go ahead and take them and lay them out in the street before they died. And something moved upon Christians in Rome. And Christians would go to these in the street that would be shaking and near death. They would give them water. They would wipe their brow. And they would minister to them in the streets. And... They would touch them. People would marvel at this, that the Christians would touch these people with the plague. And that they would take this time and give themselves to these that were left there dying. And Christians died of the plague as well. It was a little bit later, again, I don't know the exact time, there was another plague that came. The Cyprian plague wasn't far after what was interesting is some of these religious leaders would come and they would come back and begin to tell people about God. And they were like, where were you when we were laying in the streets? The Christians came and wiped our brow. I don't know what you're saying about them being heretics and of the devil, but where were you when they came and wiped our brow? By, by early 300 and something A.D., Rome was 350 million people. It's about the size of the United States. The Roman Empire, not just Rome, sorry. The Roman Empire. It's estimated that 10 to 12% of that was Christian. It was because of how they lived their life, I believe, when there was oppression against the people in their world. Let's be who we're supposed to be. By the grace of God, not in our own ability, not in our human compassion and emotion, but by the Spirit of God leading us. Let's be who we're supposed to be. Amen? God bless you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.